Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars during the pandemic to um, learn something, entertain myself, and of course, be able to talk to my friends that I can't see in person because of the inability to travel. So that's one of the best things I like about these Zoom webinars is I still get to visit with all these friends that I know around the world, and they're all happy to come and join me here. Um, today, my guest is Susie Buck. And I met Susie, she is on Martha's Vineyard and I met her three years ago, 2017, yeah. 2017. Yeah. So it's working on four years ago. Yeah, it's um, right before years. Right, when I was just about to go to Equitana for the second time and someone from Martha's Vineyard asked me to come to uh, Misty Meadows and do a clinic. And so um, I said, of course, what other, why wouldn't I want the opportunity to go teach on Martha's Vineyard and, and uh, meet the folks out there? And they've all become really great friends. So it's just really fantastic, Susie, to have you join me today, because I feel like, you know, looking at the, at the room that you're in, I know it so well, and I just makes me feel like I'm back there. So welcome, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to share what we do here with everybody. Great. So Susie, just to get us started, um, give us a little bit of your background. Like how did you wind up working with horses, winding up at Misty Meadows? Um, I have been riding since I was, before I can remember, I think my mom said I started when I was three or four, actually when we lived overseas. Uh, we lived in Haiti when I was younger and I rode with a wonderful German woman um, who was there. And I honestly barely remember it. It's more just like snippets and then my parents telling me. So that's how long I've been riding. Um, and I started competing when I was nine um, in the 90s in Connecticut, sort of the classic hunter, um, uh, short stirrup, you know, uh, background and got into hunter jumpers and then was lucky enough to um, continue riding when I went to high school. I went to high school in Middleburg, Virginia. I went to Foxcroft. Oh, and wow, that's in my backyard. It is in your backyard. through there every week. <laughs> um, yay, Foxcroft. Um, and so I was able to compete for school, which was awesome. So it's a whole nother um, way of sort of being with horses and partnering and competing with horses because you ride other schools' horses when you get there. So it's not about showing your own horse. It's about getting on a horse and being able to prove you can pretty much ride anything. Um, so I just have to, not everybody starts riding in Haiti. <laughs> uh, we lived overseas. My dad's work brought us to Haiti and my earliest memories are from there. We moved there when I was three, I think. And um, yeah, there was a wonderful German woman who I remember being just fantastic. And she had a riding school and sort of part of that expat thing in um, the 80s. And that's where my mom rode. And so I got started literally at my brother's birthday party when there was a pony and there was no getting me off of it. I think I was two. And my mom was like, well, here we are. Okay. And all my life, like she's like, both my parents are fantastic at knowing that like that was something that made a difference to me, you know, and helped me grow as a person and just made me happy. So yeah, started early and um, all my earliest memories of horses, like have sort of like a tropical slant to them. Yeah, um, I the bet. Smell of, um, the smell of wood chips covered in citronella. Cause that was, <laughs> you had to keep the bugs away in like tropical, in a tropical country. So. Wow. And, um, and then I just have to ask where in Connecticut that you live because I'm from Connecticut. West Hartford. We lived in West Hartford and I rode out in, um, Simsbury and, uh, uh, actually rode for a time at Ethel Walker. They had a lovely school oh. program. 
And um, yep, when I was looking at boarding schools, my mom, uh, we almost, we looked at Ethel Walker and Miss Porter's and then I wanted to stick closer to home. So we landed on Foxcroft, but um, yeah, Simsbury and Avon, I rode in both those places. We lived there for seven years. So I switched barns at one point, but, um, and it was a lovely place to show and yeah. learn about like the showing and, and get into that as a kid. Cause there was a large community of kids my age doing that um, early nineties hunters. Yeah. In New England were like solid showing. Yeah. So, okay. So you, uh, you went to Foxcroft and then after Foxcroft, what happened? I went to college at Tulane in New Orleans and I just uh, sort of took a year off to get acclimated to college. And then obviously time off from horses only lasts for so long. And I started teaching um, in the summers. I was riding at a barn there, um, just a regular um, public barn there and then um, started working for them, which was awesome, Equest Farm um, in New Orleans. And so that's when I really actually started teaching for the first time. And just simple things, pony camp, a few lessons here and there, uh, mostly in the summers and a little bit during the school year. And then after college, I moved back to the Washington DC area, which is technically where we're originally from. We moved around a little bit, but my family is from the DC area. Um, and I was born in DC legitimately not just over the bridge. Um, and uh, so we moved back to DC um, and when I was younger and then I went back there after college. And even though, you know, I was sort of on that track to have a quote unquote normal job, um, non-horsey job, um, I still rode. So I started working downtown doing, um, I call it my former corporate life of fundraising for nonprofits and nonprofit administration. Uh, which was awesome because it's great, you know, when it comes to running any type of organization, having that experience was wonderful, particularly fundraising background. And I love nonprofit work in general. So um, as I moved to the vineyard about 10 years ago, I was still doing nonprofit work and riding um, when I discovered Misty Meadows as a volunteer. Now, so how did you wind it. up going to Martha's? Was that just a random event or what? I grew up coming here. Um, with uh, my best friend's family. And so I've been coming up here since I was 14, but just, you know, as a tourist. And then later on um, had longer stints um, during the summer, um, spending time up here. And I was up here and was offered a job at a time when after 2008, when the crash happened and things shifted around um, and I lost my job in DC, I was at a point where um, it was, I think 2010, I came up here. Um, and I had a job for the summer and then decided to stay. So it just, I was ready to kind of do something different and people who come here and know the island kind of knows like a, a place can kind of call to you and it just felt right to stay even though it's not the easiest thing living in a smaller seasonal community um, year round, but um, it's been awesome. So, and, well, and, and of course the only way to the island is by ferry or by plane. So it's not like, um, you can just hop back and forth between the mainland and the island. So um, I think that's one of the great charms. I also have taught a lot on another island called Vashon, which is off the Seattle. Um, yeah. And I went there for 11 years to teach clinics. And, and so when I got to Martha's Vineyard, it was like, oh, this is the East Coast version <laughs> of Vashon Island. Um, yeah. But there is uniqueness in terms of having to take a ferry, being able to get horses on and off, being able to participate in things on the mainland. It's, it's um, if anybody's ever lived on an island, you realize 
that there's a lot of logistics involved and you hope the ferries run. Um, yes. <laughs> my last trip, I got off island and the next day the ferry shut down. So I was really, really glad I got went off on the day that I did because um, I'm not sure how I would have negotiated everything I had to do. So, yes, so it's a lot special when you get back from a long trip and you get to the ferry and it's like, just kidding. And you're like, yeah. okay, another night to my, you know, and you're on vacation. And yes, it's great. You think, oh, it's another night on vacation. But after you've traveled a bunch, you're like, I just want to get home. Um, so it is, it, there's some special things to negotiate, particularly when it comes to managing um, or owning an equine on this island. We have a lovely equine community on this island and we're all really supportive of each other because of that. You can't just have, always have your vet just like pop out of nowhere. So supporting each other with knowledge and resources um, is a wonderful thing about this island. So how big is the uh, equine population on Martha's Vineyard? Do you know? You know, Recently, I don't know. I was told a couple years ago that someone did a survey and there's about 800 horses on the island. I'm totally willing to be corrected by anyone who knows more recent stats, but I would assume that that's similar. Um, there's a lot of smaller farms tucked away where people have their own horses. Um, and then um, there's a lovely model at various barns where there's a, um, a co-op where people have um, horses, you know, five or six horses together and they share chores and um, board, and it's a lovely way to um, to have horses together as a little group. And um, I, the horse I leased a few years ago um, for five years was at a co-op barn, and it was awesome. Lovely community. And, and the population is really diverse. I mean, that's one of the things that I noticed when I went there to teach is you have everything from Western to trail riding to dressage to uh, I, yes. I don't know if you have any jumpers. I, I um... there's less jumpers. It's funny that that's one thing in my sort of evolution as an equine um, enthusiast, if you will, and then professional. Um, I moved to the island and got into dressage because there was not the hunter jumper or even I was even looking for a venter, you know, I was like, I want to jump, you know, and then everyone was very dressage based at the publicly available lesson barns, um, which just turned out to be great because I ended up getting um, connected with a lovely woman and leasing her horse um, for five years and finding a fantastic um, classically trained dressage instructor who was wonderful um, and just opened my eyes to everything that classical dressage has to offer about how horses and humans connect and interact um, with each other and work together physically with each other, which being a hunter kid was just not what I had been exposed to because it's it's a, just a different modality. Especially in the 90s, uh, the evolution of hunters I've watched for many years and it's changed. Um, so, so there's this unique horse population, you're now on island, you have a job, you're leasing a horse and, and then you discover you volunteer. Is that what you said? You volunteer. Yes. I discovered um, Misty Meadows at a, just an announcement for an open house. Um, they had just sort of pulled together some pilot programs. And the thing that drew me to it was um, the equine assisted learning side of things. It wasn't just about teaching um, students to ride. Uh, they had, they were piloting programs, um, doing unmounted just equine assisted activities, um, which has a bit of a nebulous thing about it. The industry in general is getting better at like, how do we describe this and how do we let people know what we're doing and how we're doing it? Um, but it's basically 
activities with horses and it's usually unmounted that um, it kind of help you discover things about yourself, setting boundaries, connection, practicing empathy through just different activities. And it, it sounds vague and it's vague for a reason because it can be so many different things. Um, and that whole idea was like mind blowing to me. It was just another way to do and connect with horses and do something. And I was like, Ooh, I'm going to be a part of that. I absolutely am there. So I remember to this day, I still have the email that I wrote Rebecca Miller. Um, and she was like, yes, please come. And so I started volunteering and then it just took off from there. Um, when did you start working at, uh, volunteering at Misty Meadows? That was 2016. Okay. So that yeah. was before. So I was there in 2017. So yes. now I was all before we met you. Okay. Um, I think it's time that we talk a little bit about Misty Meadows. It's a very unique place. It's a very special place. So um, what is the history on Misty? I mean, it, Misty Meadows has a very long history actually on the island. Um, and if you could just kind of give us a little bit of its brief history from before and then what, what the evolution was to the more recent times. Yes, um, so it started as a privately owned property. It actually was a sheep farm um, back in, way back in the day. Um, and uh, it was Nat's farm, which for decades was um, a, a, a bunch of smaller farms that were all part of a sheep, a larger sheep farm. And um, after um, the war, it, World War, I believe two, um, it was preserved as a barn. Um, there was a barn there and a family bought it in 1972, um, and helped bring it about to what it is now. So it went from being a farm for sheep that then, um, was actually like half of it was preserved as a nature conservancy and, um, land bank property. And then part of it became an actual horse farm. And um, that's when actually, it was 1972 that Misty Meadows became Misty Meadows and it was its original name. Um, and it was owned by um, John Alley and Bill Honey um, helped to bring it about to what it is now. Um, and under them, they uh, created the farm and it was a publicly available barn with um, lots of um, riding available and stalls available in the way that you think of a traditional barn. Um, and then um, there was another family, the Dumont family after that um, purchased it and continued operating it as a commercial barn. And it just is very centrally located on the island. And so it's nice, um, it's, a, it's an easy place for people to come and um, use the facilities and ride in the facilities and uh, from other places on the island. Um, and I believe it was in, the 80s. I clearly need to get better on like my timeline. I'm bad with dates, even in history class, um, that it was purchased by Carol and Jerry Kenny. And it was, I want to say it was the early 90s. And they are the ones who made it the barn that you see physically now. Um, and they um, added a very large indoor ring um, and then they worked with Sheriff's Meadow to fence um, the property in the front so that we have 
huge tracks of um, fields for turnout, which is amazing. And we actually lease that property still to this day from Sheriff's Meadow. We have an agreement. Um, and then in 2000, in the, the Kennys used it um, as a commercial barn somewhat. They, they had private borders and they, um, the, one of the Kennys um, family members ran a program out of here. Um, and then as that sort of changed and they ended up having it, it was, it was unused for a little while um, as the you know, family started to use the property differently and it, was, it sat less occupied. And so Carol and Jerry Kenny were fantastically lovely, generous people, um, wanted to make it available to the community. So um, it was, they supported us running um, some pilot programs. When they first got together, there was a small group of people that included our executive director, Sarah McKay, um, and then Rebecca Miller, who uh, was the program um, manager at the time. And they got together with some members of the community to figure out what would best be, what's the best way to make this facility available to the island community. And it was always the idea that it would be a nonprofit. Um, and so it was a little fledgling operation trying to figure out what people needed and what people were interested in. And that started, I believe in 2015, early 2015, I started volunteering. The, the thought process started in, in early, late 2015, early 2016. And then I started volunteering in 2016 in the fall. And that's when they were ready to launch some of the pilot programs. Um, and so essentially it was, the, the, the Kennys purchased this property and turned it into the facility that it is today. In other words, all that beautiful woodwork behind you and the incredible indoor arena and the, uh, heated barn aisle and the solar panels. And it's an amazing facility. It's really gorgeous. Um, and actually now that I'm aware, that is, that was 1999. That was the late 1999. Right. Um, so they did, so this barn in general, you know, in the grand scheme of barns in the world, particularly in New England. Um, it's much newer. Um, and so they modernized the facility and used it for family and friends, as well as um, Horse Council events. The island has a long history of having a wonderful um, Island Horse Council. And so they were a part of the community, but it was private. And then as they were using it less and less for family, Jerry and Carol wanted to figure out how to make the property available to community because it's such a lovely facility and really so available um, to help the island community overall and not even just for like the island horse community. Um, so that's when Carol and Carol was, is still involved in what we're doing and how we're doing it and loves, you know, um, hearing about what we're doing in our programs and how we're continuing to serve the community. So they built, they modernized everything. There's also a house here um, that is attached to the property that is available um, not for public rental, but we do use it to host different clinicians like yourself um, who come and even eventually want to expand uh, our ability to host corporate events so that we can continue to grow the, the make it more available to more people, not just about the island community. You know, it started with the island community, but there's a, a goal to make what we do and how we do it more accessible to more people. Um, 
and there's a you know, it's great to actually have physically like a place for people to stay. Um, and we have had some folks use it for weekend retreats and corporate retreats um, where we've built in equine experiences to their retreat programming. So we hope and to do more of that. It a, it's a super unique property. It's gorgeous. And it ha and it's, as you say, it's centrally located. It's not far from the airport. It's um, kind of on the higher part of the island, a bit more open. And I think one of the amazing things is it's right next to the, the um, state, is it a state forest? Where yes. I went bicycled around every day. Yep. Uh, so it has access to miles and miles of trails. It's, it's a really unique property. It's an amazing property. And so, so basically what the Kennys did was they, they donated this to become a nonprofit to serve the island community with activities involving horses. And I think that's part of the mission of, it's in the mission of Misty Meadows um, that uh, it's horse, in, horse included activities, correct? Yes, in 2016, the Kennys um, donated the property to us. We've been running programs, pilot programs and expanding um, our reach outreach into the community. And so they very generously, um, they were enthusiastic about what we were doing and donated the property to us, um, which was amazing because we had already had plans to fundraise to purchase the property. And there was a lengthy year, you know, many year long um, process to purchase the property and they gave it to us. And it was just the most amazing thing ever. Um, so, so now since then you have also expanded. So um, the program started with uh, recreational riding and EAL, right? Yes. And so recreational riding um, for people in the community and then the equine assisted learning. But since then, you also incorporated um, PATH, yes. uh, the therapeutic riding. So when, how did that come about? So the mission of Messy Meadows is to provide a nurturing environment where horses and humans work together to transform lives. Um, and I can rattle that off quickly because I just, I feel it and I know it. It's wonderful. Um, you can really and it's a little, and it's open because there's so many different ways that we can bring that mission. So we have our recreational riding, um, which is considered, um, sorry, our phone is ringing. Um, so we, we started out with um, recreational activities and then our unmounted equine assisted learning activities. And then back in 2018, we merged with another island um, therapeutic riding program um, that was getting ready to retire. And we um, got on the path path, as we like to say. Um, and we um, worked towards becoming path uh, certified and accredited as a facility. Um, um, and, whoops, sorry. Okay. And that actually, I think it took you well over a year to complete uh, that part of your activities um, with the help of someone off island who was really instrumental in bringing that forward. Yes, um, we, it, it is a lengthy process. There's the process of becoming PATH certified as an instructor, um, which we all started. And that is how our current program um, director, Liz, uh, Adams started off as our um, path mentor 
and she was coming from off island. Um, she's been involved in PATH for many, pardon me, many, many years, um, back to uh, when she was in college and is a wealth of knowledge and experience. So we felt really, it was really awesome and lucky that she was basically right in our backyard at Cape Cod. So we started with getting the staff um, and the instructors uh, certified in as PATH certified instructors. And then that was the first step to getting this, the, uh, facility overall, which is about a, yeah, it's about a year long process between literally physically building things, making sure that things are up to like path code. Um, Cause the best thing about paths is that they really come up with standards so that when you walk into a path facility, you know that you are going to be getting a certain level of um, service and that there's a certain level of education of the people providing the service that is, um, uh, specific to them in the way they might want to do it, but like actually um, very consistent, which is awesome. Um, apparently I cannot get this phone to stop ringing. I'm sorry. I'm going to just unplug it from the wall here. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Pardon me. Um, apparently it's not ringing in the rest of the barn. I don't know. Um, so yes. And now we we have been, we're in our second year. Um, so we were officially um, certified at the beginning of last year, 2020. And we just now got our um, certificate for this year for 2021. So we continue to be um, a PATH certified facility and meet the standards. Um, and we, um, in, in those standards include not just how you um, run your facility and how you're handling paperwork and the different things about um, meeting the needs of the students, but it's also how you keep your horses levels of, um, they have, you know, requirements for making sure that the welfare of the horse is taken, the horses and the equine team is uh, taken care of as well as what actual um, services that you're providing to humans. So it's really a nice rounded. So then Misty Meadows is, is a, a nonprofit that provides recreational riding, EAL, and therapeutic riding to your um, to the island, essentially. Yes, and we're actually, you know, we had to start small and reach out, you know, and grow from there. So it's predominantly for island communities, and we're looking to expand how we can offer um, our services and provide our facility for people who are off island. Um, because we definitely believe in the work that we do and how horses and humans uh, coming together to explore um, themselves and the natural environment can help people grow and, um, and honestly just make the world a better place by making, helping people be the best versions of themselves. Um, and of and course your population, your island population changes dramatically come summertime. So yes, um, in a normal year, and COVID's not normal, but in a normal year, I think you go from 15,000 to... On any given day, 75 to 120,000 between July and August is what I've been told in the past. And that includes people who might just be over for the day. So consistently, I think it jumps from like 15, 16,000 to about 75,000 of people who are, are, are summer residents. But you then on top of that have people who are just coming in to visit and then leave at any given time, you might have up to 100 or 125,000 people on the island. Um, 
So it does mean that who you service, who you could service and who you do service between summer and winter vary tremendously. Yes. Um, and we do our best to keep the services that we're providing for our year round residents consistent um, and then be able to open our doors whether it's through additional programming or um, smaller mini camps, things of that nature um, for people who might be visiting. And we also um, recently this fall launched our program called Journey with the Herd, which allows families to come in and experience um, an equine assisted program um, for them. Um, that's tailored to them, their needs, what their family might be looking for, um, to be able to come in, particularly this time, you know, with COVID and everyone dealing with things in a different way and having different challenges, giving people a space to come and do something together as a family unit. Um, and, and it could just maybe be to have fun. It doesn't necessarily have to, and that, that alone has so much therapeutic value and not everyone has access to horses. So just being able to open up our doors and our herd in a, in a you know, safe, COVID environment um, because we can do so much outdoors and we have this lovely giant indoor ring yeah. that has doors on all four sides. So there's fresh air going through and we have a mass protocol. So it's a, a uniquely safe environment to be able to come together and um, be able to you know, keep our distance and stay safe, but still engage with each other and do things. And then of course, engage with horses that just add an extra level of magic. And so, of course, we, we then have to talk about your herd. The, the most important part of this whole program are the horses that you have and, and how, um, how you are, you have a varied herd um, and of some of them older. Yep. Um, and so their health and well-being is one of the most critical things in terms of having a program. If you don't have healthy horses that can do their job, you don't have a program. So tell us a bit about your herd. So we have um, three mares and seven, seven geldings, and they range in age from 12 to 30. I think Chardon is now 30. And I just wow. want to share a picture so that people um, can see a picture of what happened to sharing options. Hang on. Um, I, I happen to have a picture here from when I was up there last so that people can see one of your herd members. <laughs> There's Lily. Uh, she's our Gypsy Vanner. She's one of our mares. And um, that is our aisle and all of our surefoot pads. Um, actually, some of those are your surefoot pads. Yeah, yeah. I came up to do a photo shoot and um, I, that's where I found this picture. So. <laughs> And that's me. <laughs> and there's me. Um, and uh, yes, in our we have um, set we have ten horses on the property, and um, they all live outside. We believe as much as possible keeping our herds outside um, twenty four seven. So there are a few. The only time that's an exception <clears throat> is when um, there is extreme weather, and it only happens maybe once a year at most in the winter when um, it rains or snows and then there's like a sudden frost or it freezes and then you have the ice. It's really mostly about ice. Um, and for the most part, our horses are, are pretty safe. Um, even when there's occasional ice pastures and whatnot, our, our fields are big enough that they're, it's easy enough for them to go around. But sometimes with the right storm, it's just not. So there have been occasions when we brought the entire herd inside and everyone's cozy in the barn. But for the most part, our barn is used for horses to come into class 
and get ready for class and um, have, you know, or they might have a vet appointment or get some body work done and then um, they go back out. And it is, it, we like to keep our horses in herds as much as possible. Occasionally it might be a herd of two, depending on what's going on. Um, but for the most part, we have our horses in herds of three or more. Um, and sorry, I have, a, I have a cat trying to desperately get into the, to, <laughs> to the office. That's okay. Cats, cats always get to interrupt um, our uh, lecture webinars. Okay. Okay if you have to open the door for the cat, I totally understand. <laughs> we have all sorts of animals here at Missy Meadows. Um, so yes, our herd lives outside 24 seven. And um, that particularly with the elderly uh, crew, which, uh, you know, half of our half of our horses are over. 18 which you know is considered senior um and it really helps with the arthritis factor you know just the general being able to keep them moving keep them um moving around overnight um even if it's colder you know we it seems really rough outside and you know sometimes when it's snowing but everybody has a run-in they have access to large run-ins to get out of the weather and where appropriate horses wear blankets but our horses stay un. un unless it's for like a medical reason in like a certain little patch or something like that, everyone stays fully fuzzy. And then we have blankets as needed on top of that. So they're really pretty toasty and they would honestly, everyone, they come in and they're itching to get back outside. When, when they do have to spend the night overnight, everyone really would rather be out there. And, Oops. you know, injury side standpoint, keeping them happy and mentally stable, particularly there's a unique, um, it's a unique ask. Oops, you froze a little bit. Uh-oh, you froze a lot. Um, can you hear me? Yep, you're back. I'm back. Let me make sure I'm on the right. Yep, I'm on the right Wi-Fi. Um, so we have horses, you know, we're asking our horses to do various things and connect with people in various levels. So we have our um, recreational classes. We have therapeutic classes, which um, run the gamut from someone maybe dealing with um, the challenges of social, emotional, or anxiety, or perhaps um, uh, even PTSD, to challenges that might be more physical, where you have a physical, um, uh, you know, neurobiological connection that might end up being more of a physical impairment. So we can serve all levels and we're asking our horses to serve all levels of people and meet them where they're at. And then in addition, we also do mounted archery. Can't forget mounted archery because no, I know we've talked to Annie and Danielle. So we want to make sure that we, we don't um, forget yeah. to mention that which in and of itself, you know, all of these things, and we fundamentally believe here that all interactions with horses are therapeutic. And um, it's, it's a lot to ask of. It's not just your regular school horse. There she is, Miss <laughs> Danielle. There we go. So this is just in the indoor here. This is just one of the pictures that you can see. It's, it's quite a large indoor and it allows for a lot of different kinds of activities because of its size, you can split the arena. Um, it's really quite, quite impressive, but the, just so people can see what you're in. Um, and thank you. Um, in our very large mounting block, which is amazing. It's like yeah. Fort Knox. <laughs> um, you do jumping jacks on it. You could, you know, mount a horse from a running sprint if you wanted to. Um, so we have various 
you know, what we're asking of our horses is pretty large. So the idea uh, or vast, I should say. So coming in, doing their job and then being able to go back out and live in a herd and just be horses has always from the get go been um, a fundamental tenant of how, you know, our horse husbandry practices. Um, and over the years, you know, through meeting different people and learning new um, information over time. And just as the horse industry grows overall, um, we have, um, you know, made tweaks to how we keep them. So we have a couple that end, are, are, tend to have um, metabolic issues. You know, we have a couple of ponies who these are grass fields and sometimes, you know, keeping ponies on grass fields in the spring and then like the, you know, the fall when we have the grass surge is really tough. So we actually, this past year, um, with the help of our, uh, one of our instructors, Annie and longtime friend and supporter and volunteer, um, is, uh, who you all, who you have had here on the show. Um, she uses a track system at her barn and she was like, you know, you guys really, you need to just like, let's do this. Let's build a track. And so we put up a pasture paradise. We have two paddocks in the back of the property. Everything at the front of our property, um, is large tracks of, you know, there's each, pasture I think is two acres um, and we have one two three four four of them next to each other so it's a considerable amount of land and we haven't gotten to the point where we have thought about making a pasture paradise out there um, it would be a little more involved because we lease that land from Sheriff's Meadow um, and even though we have for a long time it's it's not just ours to do with what we would like to but the property on the back side the paddocks on the back is it does belong to us and so um, up went the pasture paradise and it was great because being able to look into why that system works so well for horses and I know you've talked about it because you have your guys on pasture paradise now yes and I I've just extended it so now I have another field with a waterer in the other field. And so now I've extended it to a keyhole shape around the waterer. So they're pretty soon they're going to lose the first waterer and they're going to have to go further. <laughs> Ooh, challenges. Well, and it's funny because we were just talking about combining these two pastures so that you could separate them if you need to, or you could have it be a larger um, paddock overall. And you can, you can just put things on different sides. So the more space you have to make them walk around and, you know, and we see it, they, I mean, just throughout the day, they mosey around. And then when you need to, you can open up the middle and you can let them have some grass. So for those horses that eventually will go back out, our whole herd, um, save two who are escape artists and need that like wooden fencing. Um, we're in the process of, uh, fixing our fencing in the front and, uh, the electrical tape has just gotten a little weak, um, over like across such a large span over the years it's pretty old and so we have a couple that just are like meh and just walk right through it so those guys are in the back um and there's only two of them who are the most notorious yeah uh, the rest of the herd is out front and even the ones who now like the grass is is pretty dormant and so we're able to use that track system to get them acclimated to the grass so it's not such a drastic change and we've had great success thus far um, putting both of our most metabolically oriented horses back out there um, without missing a beat. So we we're really excited about that. And it, it, it's worked out pretty well. So um, how, how have you incorporated Surefoot into your program for your horses, for your school horses? So overall, we really looking at what we require of our horses, um, not just physically, but also mental, emotional, um, and you know, one of the guiding values of Misty Meadows is acceptance. And 
really that means meeting horses, you know, humans particular, because that's who we're serving, but it also means opening that door up to our horses and meeting them where they're at. And sometimes being um, horses who, you know, we're nonprofit, we don't have the biggest uh, budget for buying the biggest, fanciest, totally finished horses. So you get retirees and you get um, horses coming from sale barns and you, you don't always know when you go to see a horse what they're bringing to the party. Um, and we recently started working with Sharon Wilsey, who was wonderful. Sharon and Laura were here back in um, December and we had a, a clinic here with them. And I know they've been on your program a bunch, um, lovely humans. And Sharon is the one who said that, you know, a lot of horses, unless they've had the same owner their whole lives, they're kind of like foster kids. And you have, um, you know, horses being horses and having physical challenges, but then that also comes with the, um, the emotional challenges and the stuff that they build up over time. So we use, including Surefoot, um, different modalities to help them stay mentally and physically um, fit and able to show up for um, our students. And um, I'm in the process of getting master's in method certified. I'm a fieldwork student for them. And um, that type of body work is a wonderful modality for doing certain things when there's no rider involved. And then we also use, uh, we were recently gifted a Beamer uh, blanket, which is also something you would use like unmounted. But the best thing about Surefoot is that we can incorporate Surefoot when, uh, you know, without students or with students. So I've actually incorporated them into my lessons um, with, you know, not just helping horses be more balanced and more like proprioceptively aware by themselves. But when you put the weight of a rider, it's just a totally different ask. And so I actually have um, a great video. Oh, great. Let's see that because I know I have, I've been looking for a photo um, and I can't find it of, because I know one of the things that you do with Surefoot is that, and I've seen this, um, that you bring the horses in for their lessons and you put them on the pads as they're part of their warm up. Yes. Um, I know. And I should, I should, I got all excited about showing you like Surefoot in like students. Um, I should back up the train because we do, you know, as our horses come in, um, being able to meet them where they are and realizing what they need as far as, um, you know, just pulling a horse out of a field and throwing them into a class. You can do that in a pinch, but over time, that's really not the best way to, you know, um, to, to handle an athlete because they really are athletes and we require um, them to physically carry weight and do so in balance and behave themselves and, you know, all the things we want horses to do. Um, so Surefoot is a part of how we help our horses get warmed up, whether it's coming in and riding um, or whether it's coming in and just getting lunged, being able to groom them, put them on pads in the aisle, um, or maybe come in and we're doing some lunging in one direction and then they stand on some pads and they get a chance to explore and sort of let go of um, some of the stuff they're carrying. Um, particularly like say like, they did just have body work a couple of days before, or maybe they got their feet done and it just allows them to tune into themselves. I mean, we all, you, everyone who is aware of Surefoot and seen your videos knows that like dropping into themselves look that they get where they just really get a moment to slow down and stop. And it helps I think that just the practice of using Surefoot pads as well helps everyone slow down and take a beat and breathe 
and connect. And when you give the horses that, you, you know, they just, they exude that and it gives the humans a chance to also breathe. Um, so it's very, it's sort of multi-layered from the physical to like the, you know, um, I would say psychological, but almost um, like your nervous system, you know, it gives your nervous system a chance to like check in and slow down. And um, we also, you know, encourage our students to stand on them. And, and take a minute and feel your feet and connect to your body, particularly with the amount of time that everyone's spending on Zoom, with school, for the kids, being able to come in and just take some time to physically connect to themselves while the horses have that same time too, um, is really fun. And Surefoot being that they're fun colors and you can make games out of them, um, they're just really versatile in how we can apply them. Um, so the, the video I have is actually of one of our students, Maggie, and our horse Spice. Um, and let me see, do we need to, I need to share my screen. Yep. I think, boop, and share. There you go. Am I sharing? Yeah, you are. You just, just, you just want to uh, make that, yeah, hit the green button. There you there go. go. So this is Spice. Um, he is a 26 five-year-old quarter horse of ours. Um, Just turn the sound down on the video before you play it because it'll. And then this is Maggie, who's one of our students. And um, you'll notice a lot of smiles. <laughs> and you can just see Spice. I mean, the sway and the exploring was so off the charts. You know, I, I hadn't thought about this till you showed this video, but for some of your therapeutic people, the ability to feel that horse in those movements, uh, standing on surefoot pads would also be really interesting for them, wouldn't it? Yes. Um, and, and being able to um, feel a horse dropping into itself and, and connecting to some of those smaller muscles um, for posture and balance. And then when they, they feel one way, at first, when they first get started, and then they feel a different way after they stood on the pad. So that sense of um, the difference, feeling the difference, the before and the after. And I know just being one of your students, you always love to like go to the old place. <laughs> and um, that, that, you know, it's hard to ask a horse to go to the old place after they stood on a surefoot pad because it doesn't exist. Um, but as the rider, being able to feel that difference is really helpful and being able to just help them notice gives them that um to use a more loaded term somatic that's a term you guys are all familiar with so i don't feel i feel like i'm amongst my people um, <laughs> somatic input you know and, and being able to help people notice those small changes in what they're feeling overall has an effect on um someone's nervous system and being able to the play button on that video again. Yes. I, I, I have taught Maggie. Um, she's yes. a marvelous student and it's so fun to see the smile on her face. I have to admit that uh, it makes me smile to see that. It's really great. And if you, if, if somebody out there has not, you know, ever sat on a horse on surefoot pads, if you have access to pads, you got to do it, get somebody to like get a buddy to help you and just sit on a horse. And sometimes it's a little startling, like, like Maggie's face right there. She's just kind of like, whoa, what's happening? Um, because they kind of click into things or something wakes up and all of a sudden, you know, you feel something and, and, it, and it's just, it's, it's very, it and makes you feel, it does. 
And Spice is very used to being on Surefoot pads. So having him on four pads is totally appropriate because he's been on Surefoot pads since I started going there in 2017. So this is uh, three years. Yes. Yeah. And, and um, when I've seen, uh, you know, different. Three, four years. Yeah, almost four years. In March, it'll be four years. Yeah, wow. Um, so, and I, and I'm going to, I have another video. Um, I just need to pull up. Uh, if, you, if you stop share, you can see your screen and find it. Oh, there we go. Stop share. Yep. Back to you. There we go. Let me find it. Um, and this and so, is. So while you're finding that other video, one of the things I just want to say is that, you know, these school horses work really, really hard and there's very little that we do for them that they actually, uh, sense that it's for them. I mean, and we do a lot of things for them and to them, but um, Surefoot is unique in that the horses find it very profound and they want the pads. They want to stand on the pads. And um, um, and so it's, a, it's an opportunity to be able to do something that the horses really find profound and appreciate. Um, yes. And because yes, we do all these other things. We feed them well, we groom them, we take care of them, but um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like your kids, you know, you take care of them all, but is it something that they really appreciate because it does something specifically unique to them? And I think that's where Surefoot's so valuable for school horses. Well, and, and it really is a part of that holistic approach to what, you know, without your horses, you don't have a program. Okay. And when, you know, it's interesting because some of our horses, um, our oldest horse, um, Chardon is not necessarily as physically able to show up, but he still loves to be around kids and can, you know, emotionally show up and he doesn't get ridden as much. He can't have as many heavy riders, but you need to support their ability to feel good in their bodies so they can show up and feel good to be around people. Um, and we, you know, have spent I, I have I have spent a lot of time and I am so grateful to be working with teammates and having a boss who's supportive. Um, I, you know, I, as I got into more of my Masterson work and you start reading about, oh, teeth this, and then you have feet doing this and Daisy Bicking, who you have had on your show, and I think she's on next week. Coming back. <laughs> Uh, she's actually just here this morning and trimmed everybody. Um, so, you know, and she has such a wealth of information and you get the feet right. And then you you get the teeth right. And we have, um, invested a fair amount in coming up with like a diet. We test our hay and we make sure like they're all on, we actually, um, feed everybody a non-grain diet. Um, we have a Timothy pellet base with, um, and, and we put, um, different, vitamins and minerals on top of that. And I actually use uh, an awesome software called Feed XL to balance everyone's diets to really make sure that we have everything we need because Northeast hay um, is really high in iron. And we get our hay from Vermont, but even if you get it from Canada. So actually one of the biggest nutritional benefits that we saw is that we started um, balancing out um, copper and zinc to the iron. And I know that you've talked to um, the guys at Rockley Farm here and talking about nutrition and getting feet right and um, being able to, to, to get that element right. And then you need to keep the ball moving forward because some of the things that get stuck in their body because they weren't feeling great and Surefoot is just a lovely way to add to our ability to peel off those layers. And I actually love that we can do that while someone is being ridden because there's a lot you can do in hand 
and there's a lot that you can do um, while someone is um, in being lunged, but it's just different. As soon as you put that different factor of carrying someone's weight, um, you know, a horse might have an experience of that being painful and getting them to let go and explore that that might not be painful anymore because, oh, look, I'm now getting the, you know, nutrients I need. So I'm not stiff and sore all the time, or, oh, look, like we have a raging issue on the island with Lyme. So we're constantly chasing, you know, Lyme disease for horse and human. Anyone on this island would tell you that it is a, it's a challenge constantly. So um, it's great because Surefoot's also a very soft and gentle way. Mm-hmm. And you have frequently spoken about, um, you know, particularly from that Feldenkrais, uh, you know, background, doing things slowly, softly, deliberately, little bits at a time. So it's nothing that ever blows them out of the water, regardless of how much, um, you know, whether it's unmounted or mounted. Um, and, and when Sharon was here, we actually talked to her about making, um, Sharon and Laura Wilsey, um, Surefoot makes a great safety object. Mm-hmm. So yeah. actually using it as something, you know, whether it's cones, whether it's the um, uh, mounting block, but actually being able to go over to the scary corner and using a surefoot pad to say, hey, I feel really good in this corner and helping them experience physically that corner differently. And if they are mounted, there's a moment there where like the kids can actually see um, and adults. I shouldn't just say it's the kids. You know, everyone feels fear. Um, students can fee- see and feel because the horse calms down, they calm down, everyone lets go and gets to shift gears. And the fact that you can have a pad that actually helps you, uh, elicit that response and get that level of relaxation and then leave the pad there, yeah. right? So that's where Sharon was like, bah, 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 don't bring it with you, leave it in the car. <laughs> because if they start to feel that way, they go right back around and put their foot on the pad. And you're like, oh, um, so that's just, I mean, and I love, I love the community that I'm speaking to. I was really a little bit nervous today. Um, but I knew that if I just stuck to what Misty does and how we partner with horses, um, to help humans, um, that we would be okay because this, you have brought such a wonderful group of awesome horse people together with all of these. Um, and just thinking about, uh, Laura Plunkett is actually one of our board members, um, and you've had her on the show a bunch. And then we've worked with you for years. And uh, now we're working with Sharon and Laura. And we have Daisy as well. Um, so it's just fantastic to have. It's a, a pretty place. special place. And it brings in, in some really great people. So that's. It does. And, and, and we hope to, our goal eventually is to be able to bring great people and invite people here to be able to continue to share the good work at helping horses be their best because they certainly help us be our best. Um, So it, uh, yeah, it's a part of an overall program and it's just so interesting how it can, you know, be physical, surefoot pads can be physical and mental, emotional, social, emotional supports for for horses. And there's, um, there's a lot of, you know, yes, we're a therapeutic riding barn and we serve humans but all of the values that we have, um, we extend to our equine partners as well. So there's the sense of showing up for them in the same way that we show up for our students who might be having challenges. Um, and sure if it's an awesome tool to be able to allow us to give them something that's just for them, 
And we're not asking, like you said, we're not asking anything of them while they're standing on them. They can do whatever they want. Oh, you don't want to stand on that pad? Like, okay, you're done with that one on the back? Okay, you know. Yep, they get so, a choice. They do, they get a choice. It's, um, I, that's one of the tenets of Surefoot that is so critical. I just, I want to put this picture up here. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think that this picture is, it really talks to what Misty Meadows does and how it works. Um, this is Allie Thurston, who had a really serious uh, injury um, and took a very long time to recover. And so um, she came with me up to Misty Meadows and she had not been on a horse for over a year, I believe. Um, and with Susie's assistance and having great horses at Misty Meadows, we got her back on a horse and she cried. Um, and that's where the magic I think of Misty is that it can provide these opportunities for people on and off island to come and really um, see what you guys are doing there. Cause I think, you know, it's such a unique program and you are incorporating all of these different um, aspects that, you know, th from the webinars I've had and from other people that you've worked and learned from um, and incorporating the therapeutic riding, that it really is a, is a place to see how this can all work together, how it can just get uh, put together in a package as opposed to just all these individual things. And, and one thing about Misty that I love so much and everyone who works here is the idea that of having like a growth mindset. We always are looking to learn and have conversations that might not always be easy about what we've been doing. It, I, I just had this own moment myself when um, Laura, I mean, first when you came, no joke, you really kicked off that whole sort of like journey for me because I had been doing things for so long in such a way and you have to, you just have to let go of the fact you're like, oh my God, I've been, you know, let's just, just say wrong on some counts, you know, like. You do what it, you know, right? You do what exactly. you know. You do what you know until you know better. And you don't bust yourself up when you don't know what you didn't know. And so I had my first round of that, you know, when we started working with you and, and, and on a very deep level, I had that reorganization um, and it profoundly changed the way that I actually teach because of the uh, effect of connecting mind and body that I really didn't have before I started working with you where I had a wonderful, you know, and, and, and even just getting into classical dressage in general and where that comes from um, and the connection that, that, that it fosters. Um, but the, the effect of actually connecting and being in line with gravity and having a somatic effect on your body and, and that connection that horses can give people. Um, and, and so it, 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 being able to teach from that, you know, when I remember talking to you about um, people feeling fundamentally safe on a horse and where, when you're getting them connected to their bodies and connected to their seat and grounded through the lower half of their being and in balance with gravity, they feel safe. And that's not just a physical feeling, that's like an emotional feeling. And sometimes what that can bring up for people that I've seen over the years, just that sure thing, you don't even have to be learning how to post, you don't have to be doing anything, just that physical sense of safety can be very profound for some people. Um, so that blew my mind and, and, and changed the way that I taught and changed the way that I interacted with horses and the way that I ride. And then um, when Sharon and Laura were here in December, you know, 
being able to let go of, I, I felt like some of the things, you know, we do so much here and we're paying attention to our horses and we're learning um, every day about what we can do better and how we can partner more authentically with our horses, because we definitely don't believe in using them as a tool. It's something we do together. Um, and when you can show up as teammates, that, that, that has a, a, a profound effect on the participants, both horse and human as well. But I really had to just like, let go of the fact that all of a sudden I felt like I'd been yelling at horses for years, you know, like nothing subtle about what I was doing. Cause you just didn't, I didn't realize the range and you guys have totally talked about it with them, but all the, the very, um, you know, you can start at like z what zero means to a horse versus what zero means to a human. And, and so just being able to let go of what you were doing and what you thought you knew and learning something else when you have a community like you fostered here, being able to connect to that and, and, and be exposed to just different things that have worked for so many different people, it's pretty special. Um, and I love that Misty's the type of place that incorporates those things and is we're trying to, you know, walk the talk. <laughs> so if people want to learn more about Misty, where, where can they go? Our website is uh, www.mistymeadowsmv.org. I think you I have to type it in the chat. You tell me if I typed it right. Let me pick up the chat. You don't need the W's anymore. Oh, wait, it's got a space in there. Mistymeadows.org, right? Oh, it keeps putting this no space. No, uh, it's Misty, yeah, mistymeadowsmv.org. MV.org. Maybe it'll let me do it this time. How's that? Yes, Misty Meadows MV.org. Oh, now I have a I have an I have a hold on. Let me see if you do it. I, I am failing miserably. <laughs> Misty Meadows MV.org. And um, you can find out more about their programs, the archery, which we didn't talk about much here, but we have a whole webinar with um, Annie and and um, Danielle talking about the art mounted archery. So you can go check out that webinar on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. Um, and it sounds like we may be doing some sort of a program jointly up there at some point in time, if we ever get past this COVID deal um, with Sharon yep. and Laura and, um, and- Yes, we'd like to, it, it all, it's all in, yes, COVID, COVID, ugh, you know. Yeah. We will get through this, right? We will get through this. Some sort of, um, bringing, and honestly, they, we would like to be able to do more of that and be able to bring, you know, people together and be able to open up um, and be available to a wider horse community to be able to come and learn. And by all means, you know, we're not, we're doing what is right for our herd and our situation. And there's so many different ways to keep horses based on what your resources are. We're so blessed here to have these big fields where our horses can live together um, and we have, you know, softer ground so they can be barefoot and there's so many different ways to do, um, what is best for your horses. Um, but if anyone ever has any questions or is interested in what we're doing or how we're doing it, we are so open and would love to answer anyone's questions, um, about what works and what has worked for us. Um, so, so we do have one question, but I don't have an answer for it. She says, are you aware of any facilities similar to Misty Meadows? Uh, in Oregon or Washington state? Not off the top of my head, but I know that they're out there. Um, I, one place to, I, you might go to the um, PATH website, 
PATH International's website definitely lists all of their facilities everywhere. PATH also, um, in addition to all the different ways that you can raise a horse, there's a bunch of different modalities for um, equine assisted activities. So PATH has uh, a riding portion um, a, a component. They also have their own equine assisted coaching modality. Um, and they, their centers are probably pretty varied in what they can offer. And they have them listed all on their website. Um, EGALA is um, what some of our equine assisted learning um, programs are based in. And they have, um, a GALA network has uh, a hefty um, list of um, participating facilities. So they might even, I'm sure, I guarantee you they have, they have um, facilities out there. And then if anyone's interested in mounted archery, that is a little more obscure, um, but- There it, are clubs, there are clubs. There are definitely clubs. And, um, it's NA3, a National American Mounted Archers. If you just Google mounted archery in the United States, like this MA3, um, and I'm sorry, I don't have it quite off the top of my head, but yeah, they are- E-A-G-A-L-A, -E right? EGALA, yes. E-A-G-A-L-A. Yeah. Yep. Equine Assisted, oh, it's E-A-G-L-A. It's an Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Learning Association. Yep, EGALA, Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Association. Okay, and then um, someone's asking if you've ever offered training to other therapeutic riding programs. Um, not to other programs yet, but we are working towards being able to um, take on uh, folks who, um, how would I best put it, like uh, mentorship opportunities and um, we haven't done it yet because COVID sort of threw a wrench in things, but making ourselves available for um, path certification um, to people who might be locally available. And then honestly too, now with COVID, everyone's been much more online. So how we might be able to move into uh, making ourselves available in the same way you have um, online and, and making ourselves available that way is something we're exploring as well. Um, so we ha we don't have a, a history of doing it yet, but it's absolutely something that we'd like to do because, you know, once you've taken the time and resources to figure things out and bring people together, um, it feels really good to be able to share it with others who might be on an earlier part of their journey. So, well, Susie, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing what you guys are doing at Misty Meadows and, um, let's see, I, yeah, but I don't know what TRA is. That's what I'm asking. It's, uh. I know you're a PATH certified, but I don't know what the acronym stands for. Um, somebody was saying they want Surefoot and Horse Speak at TRA, but I don't know what TRA is. So if you put that in the chat, that would help. Um, and um, Therapeutic Right, where is it located? Because uh, I'm unfamiliar with it. Uh, Are you PATH certified? I was just reading the question. Um, Center Center PATH. Oh, Misty Meadows is located on Martha's Vineyard. I'm sorry if we never said that. We may have just started talking about the island. Because no, we talked about Martha's Vineyard. I think we did, but that's okay. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I mean, um, I think, Carol, one of the things it's going to take is somebody who's already a volunteer there to start talking to them about Surefoot and Horse Speak. Um, uh, I definitely think that when, when the people from the inside start talking about it, it's going to have a much better effect than people from the outside telling them what they should do. 
Um, I think that's kind of true in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, certainly, you know, I would, you know, invite them to come and watch this webinar and so that they can learn about how other facilities are using Surefoot. Um, of course, this and all the webinars will be up on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel and we're up to 151, I believe. This is webinar 151. Wow. I know, it's been crazy. That is so exciting. Yep. So, so Susie, I just want to thank you so much for coming and joining me today and talking about how Surefoot's been incorporated into your program and all the things that you're doing there. Um, it's really uh, fantastic. And um, well, thank you so much for having me. I am, um, and, and the more that we do with Surefoot and the more, you know, we have like taking videos and being able to share what we're doing and anything novel that we come up with, um, we would love to continue sharing what we're doing. And again, if we can be of any help to anyone out there who has any questions at all, we are here to share what we have learned along the way. And hopefully in the future, be able to bring people together um, for some unique in-person, safe in-person learning opportunities. So we'll keep everybody posted about that as well. Yep. And, um, oh, what? I just forgot what I was gonna say. Rats. Okay, I guess it wasn't important. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Susie. It's great to see you. Even if I can't see you in person, say hi to everybody. Mr. I will. Thank you. I hope we get to see you soon. Okay. All right. And thank you all for joining me today. Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Bye.